Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Uh, remember the, the question that Jesus was asked was, uh, what's the most important commandment? Well, if you, if you go back, as I said, to Exodus chapter 20, you'll see where the, the commandments were first introduced to the people of God. It's actually the Ten Commandments. Uh, I, I remember whenever I was a kid in, in, um, in Sunday school, they made us memorize uh, the Ten Commandments. I still, even like to this day, um, I, I'm not really that good at memorizing them. I have to read the whole list. I'm not going to read the entire list today, but here's what I, I do want you to, to, to notice. I'm actually only going to give you one. We're going to talk about one of them today. But the Ten Commandments, think about this. Remember, love God, love people. The first five commandments, you know who they relate to? They relate to God. I mean, it's, it's stuff like, I am um, the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no idols before me. He goes down the line and, and he's telling them the first five commands that I'm giving you, it's how you're going to relate to me, God is saying. But the last five commandments, you know what they're about? They're about how we relate to one another. It's things like, you know, don't covet and don't, co- com- don't commit uh, murder, don't commit adultery, things like that. But there's this one that just stuck out to me this week uh, as I was reading through these. And it's the ninth commandment. And uh, I want to read it to you really quick. They're going to put it on the screen. It's in verse number 16 in Exodus 20. This is what God says to his people. To my people who are called by my name, God says this. He says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Like I I read that this week and I was like, what does that mean? So I begin to dig into this a bit. The picture that's being painted here is this. And I want you to hang hang with me because I actually think it gets very relevant and very practical. But at first glance, it seems just legal. It seems like this judicial kind of scenario here. It's this picture of this person that goes into a courtroom and um, they, they falsely testify against another person. They create a false narrative about this person. And then the judge and the jury convict this person, condemn this person and judge them based off not facts, but based off of a false narrative that was created by an individual. Now, now here's the reality. I was telling Nathan this earlier. I was like, when's the last time that you bore false witness in a criminal case somewhere? Never. None of us in here, you may from time to time get called to be a jury somewhere, which thank God that's never happened to me. I've never had jury duty. Thank you, Lord. But at some point, maybe you have to do something like that. But, but I think it's even more practical than just some legal thing. I think it's actually, it could it be something like this. Maybe it plays out like this in your mind. I wrote this down. As humans, we are constantly weighing the behaviors of those that we are in relationship with. And oftentimes people do not meet our expectations. And so we begin to create a story in our minds about what we are experiencing from these people. And our minds become the courtroom and we assume the role of judge and jury of people. We oftentimes bear false witness against them by creating some false narrative that assumes all sorts of things. And oftentimes we jump to conclusions and we declare that person to be guilty before ever hearing the facts of their side or their story. Thank you, Teresa. I think it's more than, than, than just like we're at a courtroom and we create a narrative and we falsely testify. I think every day with unmet expectations, with the people that we're in relationship with, our mind becomes a courtroom. And oftentimes, instead of speaking to that person in person, we speak to that person in our minds. And we begin to, 
to create a false narrative. And before we know it, we, we don't have the facts. We don't have the story. We don't have any clarity. We just begin to jump to conclusions and we begin to judge that person in advance before we ever hear them out. Uh, you, know, you know the word prejudice. When you begin to break it down, the etymology of it, there are two separate words. One means advance, right? The other means judge. And all prejudice is, it's not about your skin tone. That's racism. Prejudice is any time that we judge someone in advance before we hear the facts. I think many relationships are plagued with prejudice. I, I think many times... A lot of times in my own life, I'll just preach to myself right here for a moment. A lot of times, my kids, if they don't meet my expectations or my wife doesn't meet my expectations in certain things or my friendships or the people that I work with, it is so easy before I ever have a clarifying conversation, it's so easy to get into the courtroom of my head and begin to assume so many things. And a lot of times, you know what it does to me? I find out the truth or the facts, and then I feel so embarrassed that I even let my mind go to that place. Here's why this is so important. Do you know that, that as humans, narratives move us? Stories move us. Who in here you love a good story? Who in here you love a good movie, right? Who in here you love to read a good novel? That's not me, okay? <clears throat> I don't like novels. I like the Bible. It sounds so spiritual. <clears throat> I like coloring books. That's what I really like, okay? I told somebody the other day, I was like, yo, I'm gonna write a, I'm gonna write a leadership book and it's gonna be a leadership coloring book and it's gonna be called Leading Outside the Lines. That's it, that's my whole, <laughs> don't y'all steal my idea, okay? Um, but here's the thing, we love stories. We love stories, stories move us, stories inspire, inspire us. You know why they tell stories throughout that show, The Voice and all the shows like that? Because they want you to cry. You know why America's Got Talent? I weep like a third grade girl every time I watch that. Why? It's not because of the act. It's always because of the narrative. It's always the story. Stories move us. Now watch this. The power of a story. There, there was a, 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 a Jewish theologian that I, I read. He said this. He said, um, um, they said that, that man is one story away from connecting with God. So tell your story. It's, it's this idea that stories move us and they inspire us. They move us emotionally. They, they move us towards something. And here's why this is important that you understand this. Because you and I are storytellers and we get in our own mind and we begin to create these narratives. And if you're not careful, the narrative that you tell is going to emotionally move you into a certain place. And that's what damages our relationships. I remember one time I was, uh, I got a text from my boss and he, he was like, hey, I, I need to see you tomorrow morning in my office um, at 8 a.m. I remember getting in, I, was, I got into the shower and I took like a 30 minute shower and I was, I was stressing to the max because all he did was say, I need you to come to a meeting at eight. But that's not what I heard. The narrative started going and I'm telling you, next thing you know, I get out of that shower. I was so angry, y'all. I was mad. I was like, you wait till I go in there. I'm gonna tell him. It was Pastor Dino. This is like my, one of my mentors. I was like, I'm gonna go in there and he's probably gonna talk to me about it, and I'm just gonna be like, Brrr. and I'm just like, I'm getting angry. I'm getting red splotches on my neck. I'm like, I get there. I get there, I walk in, I thought he was gonna, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just angry emotionally. I get there and he gave me a promotion. <laughs> I remember I was so embarrassed. I was like, I can't believe I'm that immature. Cause that's what it is. It's immaturity. Let's call it like it is. When we jump to conclusions before we know the facts, you know what that is? It's emotional immaturity. We have people with high IQ, high spiritual intelligence, but emotional intelligence, we're so unaware and we're so checked out. And a lot of times we will send ourselves into a place 
that, that, that destroys and ruins our relationships. Uh, so what I want to talk to you about is, it, here's the title of my message. I didn't give it to you. Stop mind reading and clarify expectations. That, that's my, I've branded this. Stop mind reading. Somebody say, stop mind reading. Stop mind reading. Don't say it to your spouse. Say it to yourself. Stop mind reading. And clarify expectations. Can I tell you a story? I started not to share this because Jennifer couldn't be here today. Our oldest son, he's, he's sick. She's probably watching online. This makes it even easier to tell the story, Jennifer, because you're not here. Um, <clears throat> and you can't, you can't take the microphone and tell your side of the story. So um, we, were at a, we were at one of Liam's basketball games a couple months ago. And uh, it, was a, it was a great day. It was a normal day. It was fun. We were having a family day. We go to the game. We get there. We realize there's a tournament. And so they make you, even though you have to pay to be in the league, they make you pay to get into a tournament. And I'm like, this is, okay, whatever. Who carries cash with them these days? I never do. So I look at Jennifer. I say, hey, you take the kids. You go into the game. I'm going to run up to the store. I saw a store. They have an ATM there. I'm going to go to an ATM, get some cash. I go to the store. This is about 11 o'clock, 11.30. By this moment, I'm starting to feel a little hungry. So as I'm in the store and... <laughs> As I'm in the store, I'm getting cash, and I see they have this deli. So I go, I see they have a pesto chicken sandwich. I love pesto chicken sandwich. I order this beautiful pesto chicken sandwich. I get it. I jump back in the car. I've got the cash in hand. I pull up at the school, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to throw down a little bit of this, this chicken sandwich real quick before I go into the game. And so I'm like... Just, just taking these huge bites, just cramming my face, and the door opens to the car, and it's Jennifer, and she forgot something in the car, and y'all, when she looks at me, <laughs> eating this sandwich, I'm like mouth full of food, I'm like busted, just like, you know, I didn't ask her, did she want anything, didn't ask her, are the kids hungry, nothing, I'm eating this sandwich, and she looks at me, and she goes, really, really, she was like, I, I thought we were going to go as a family to, to Flores and eat some Mexican food as a family. Like, that's what I thought we were going to do. And I'm the dumbest husband on the planet. Mouthful of pesto chicken. I look at her and I, and I literally said this. Fellas, take notes. Do not do this. I looked at her and I said, am I supposed to be a mind reader? <laughs> she shuts the door. She walks away. <clears throat> Leaves me there basking in the glory of my pesto chicken sandwich. Now I felt terrible, so I closed, the, I closed the sandwich. I leave it in the car. I'm like, I need to go make things right. You know, I go in there, and I'm like, babe, I'm like, I, how was I supposed to know? As a family, we're going to eat Mexican food. You never told me that we were going to do it. She was like, I just assumed that you knew, you know. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, babe, listen, we really need to clarify our expectations here. Y'all, we get back into the car. This is her part of the story. We get back in the car. We open the car door. I left that pesto chicken sandwich in there. That car smelled so terrible. She looks at me again like, you know what I should do with this sandwich? I should take this sandwich and you know, fill in the blanks, you know. <clears throat> I open it just to be a little like spicy. I open it and took a bite. It's been sitting there for like two hours. I just take a big bite of this nasty. She's like, you're disgusting. Um, but look, let me, let, let, me, let me show you these scriptures really quick. Because Jennifer and I, I'm telling you, I told you that story because I am not an expert what I'm about to share with you. Jennifer, if she was up here, she would, she would, she would definitely affirm that, okay? We're not experts. We're, we're just like you trying to sort this out, trying to figure this out, trying to grow in these areas. Uh, I'm not an expert, but I'm thankful that, that we have scriptures that are truth and they guide us and direct us. God does not expect perfection, but he does per expect progress. And that's what we want to do. We want to progress in this. Proverbs 18 has a few verses I'll share with you right here. Uh, it says this, look, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. 
Think about that in your relationships. You, you don't even have any interest in hearing the facts, why, why the expectation and experience are not matching. You, you, you don't even wanna hear the facts. You just wanna jump to conclusions. Well, that, the scripture says that's what fools do. Fools do that. Verse 13 says, spouting off before listening, that's gathering the facts, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. It's shameful and it's foolish to, to handle our relationships like this, to jump to conclusions. Here's another one, verse 13 in the Passion Translation says, listen before you speak. For to speak before you've heard the facts will bring humiliation. This, this has happened to me so many times. By a show of hands, let's just, this is honest moment. Confessions of uh, church members right here. Um, how many of you in here, you have seen this to be a reality in some of your relationships at some point in your life? Make sure I'm preaching to the right group of people. The rest of you that didn't raise your hands, we're praying for you. <laughs> we know the truth. Proverbs 18, 15, look, the heart of, of the discerning acquires knowledge. It's a weak translation, acquires. It's they pursue after it. The heart of the discerning, a discerning wise person, they pursue knowledge for the ears of the wise. Look at this, they seek it out. It's the idea that you're not just gonna jump to conclusions, but you're going to be diligent in trying to learn and understand before you come to conclusions or you make decisions. Here's the last one I'll share with you. Verse 17, there are two, I love this, there are two sides to every story. The first one to speak sounds true until you hear the other side and they set the record straight. The first one sounds true. That's the one that you tell yourself in your head. The first one sounds true, the narrative that you're creating. But once you hear the other side of the story, it could be that it's gonna set the record straight. You're gonna gain some clarity. So here's the question. We're gonna unpack this. I'm gonna get so practical the next few moments. How do we stop mind reading and clarify expectations? I'm gonna give you three things. They're so easy to remember. These are, these, these are so easy to remember. Are you ready for them? Write them down. You need to be taking notes. They're gonna check your notes in heaven, okay? Write it down. Here's the three things. So simple. Mind the gap. Somebody say, mind the gap. Mind the gap. Fill the gap. Come on, come on. Mind the gap. Fill the, gap, fill the gap, close the gap. Mind the gap, fill the gap, close the gap. Here, I want to break it down for you for just a moment. Mind the gap. I, I love London. It's one of my favorite cities to get to visit. Uh, we go in May. We go to a little conference that happens in May. One of the things um, I didn't realize until my first trip there, um, naturally, uh, was I went on the underground. They call it the tube, right? Maybe you've been there before. And I remember I was about to get on essentially their BART system, right? I'm about to get on it and all of a sudden this, uh, I look down first and I see across the front in front of this, this train essentially, I see this phrase, mind the gap, mind the gap. And then the doors are about to open as the train pulls up and I start to hear this, this incredibly just aggravating, annoying voice, British voice saying mind the gap. And actually, can I play it for you really quick? Can you play this really fast? I want you to hear it. Look at that lady trying to get up. It's funny. She's like, Ugh. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. Yeah, so I, I was thinking gap. about that because, because here's the thing. God is omniscient, but you are not. Omniscience is about, about knowing, right? It's about all knowing. 
And, and we're not all knowing. And the reality is, is there are gaps that are formed in our relationships. And we don't know, as I was saying, we don't know, uh, we don't know necessarily the other side of the story and the facts. But the best thing that you and I can do in our relationships, the first thing is just be mindful that there are gaps that are easily created in our relationships. This doesn't tell you to do anything with it. It just tells you to be mindful of it. It's being aware of the fact that in our relationships, we have an expectation and oftentimes the experience does not match the expectation and it creates a gap and we have to be mindful of that. Here's why. Because the enemy, that's one of his schemes. Satan loves to destroy our relationships by taking gaps and turning them into wedges, taking wedges, constructing walls, taking walls and creating wars. That's what he does. That's why the scriptures say this in 2 Corinthians. It says, after all, we don't, and, and the context here is relational. There's a relational breakdown. He talks about forgiving and reconciling. He says, after all, we don't want to unwittingly um, give Satan an opening for yet more mischief. We're not oblivious to his sly ways. Another translation says, we're aware of Satan's devices and his schemes. One of his schemes to destroy your marriage to destroy your relationships with your friendships is once you have an expectation and the experience does not match the expectation that you have, that gap becomes this place where the enemy likes to play. And when he begins to fill that space with, with thoughts of, of assuming just terrible things and wrong things, he begins to fill that space and all of a sudden it becomes a wedge in your relationship. And the wedge, all of a sudden it gets worse and worse because you never deal with the gap. And then all of a sudden it becomes a wall in that relationship. And now you don't even want to talk to that person. This is how the enemy works. I've seen it in my own life many, many times. There's an expectation, there's an experience, and there's a gap. Now here, I want to show it to you really quick. Uh, I think I've shared this uh, with you guys before to some degree, um, but here, here it is right here. This is the easiest way that I can, I can do this. Let me set this right here. That there is in your life, in every one of your relationships, your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your peers, your, your relationship with your employees that work for you, your marriage, your engagement, every single, your relationship with your dog, okay? Every relationship, there is, there's some level of expectation that you have there. You have an expectation. Here's one for you. Let's just get really practical. You expect for your husband when he gets off of work at five to be home by 5.30. That's an expectation that you have. And then he gets home at 6.15. There's a gap. Right here, there's a gap, Right? And, and in this gap, you're going to fill it with something. You need to be mindful that it's a gap, but you're going to fill this gap with something. And here's what I've discovered about as humans. Most of the time, we assume the worst. That's what we fill the gap with. Most of the time, we have an expectation that our kids are gonna do their homework and this is the experience and we assume the worst, right? They were playing with their switch all night long, right? I'm gonna find a switch, all right. Anyway, so that's another story. <laughs> Jason, that's not politically correct. Anyway, um, there, there's an expectation experience. Here, here's, another, here, here's an expectation. There's an expectation that uh, just say you're a small group leader. It's, it works everywhere. You have, you're a small group leader and you expect that the people that sign up for your small group that they're gonna show up, but then they don't show up. Now you're gonna assume the worst, right? This is what we normally do. You do it with all your relationships. I do it. Maybe you've never seen it like this before, but just be mindful that there's always a gap that gets created there and you're going to fill it with something. I believe instead of assuming the worst, what scripture calls us to is this, is to believe the best. And it's a choice that you have to make and I have to make. You have to make it in your marriage. You have to make it with your children. You have to make it with the people that you work with. It's, it's, you're, you're the employer, right? And that person shows up late to work every single day. There's a gap. You expect for them to be at work at nine and they get there at 9.15 and now there's a gap. 
And all of a sudden, you know what you're probably doing? You probably have some narrative that you're putting in right in this gap right here. And a lot of times, most of the times, most people, because we're naturally judgmental people, we do this. We assume the worst. And when we assume the worst, we create that narrative. It sends us emotionally into a certain place. But you and I are called to a different standard in our relationships. We're called to be people of grace. We're called to be people that believe the best, that extend mercy. That's who we are called to be. Uh, here's another one. I remember whenever I was uh, not on staff at a church, I just went to a church and uh, the, one of the guys at the church there, he expected for me to be at church every single Wednesday night. And when my, his experience was I wasn't at church, he had to make a decision. I remember Mike came and he had to make a decision. Am I going to assume the worst and believe that Jason is backslid and like walked away from God? Or am I, am I going to believe the best? And believe that maybe something else was going on. Maybe he had to be, maybe he's sick. Maybe the pastor, here's one for you. This is so practical. Here's today. We expect for Jason's wife and family to come to church on Sundays. Uh, they're not here today. All of a sudden, watch this. This is a today. This is actual today. There's a gap that's created here. I guess Jason's wife doesn't like him anymore. or She doesn't like his preaching. <clears throat> I guess his kids got kicked out of kids ministry. No, no, no. Believe the best. Believe the best. My son's sick. That's it. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> See how practical that is? It's so practical. Look at this. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 13. It says this. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best. Isn't that beautiful? Love is a safe place of shelter. Don't you want that in your marriage? Don't you want that in your friendships where it is a safe place? right? And you believe the best. Ever heard the phrase mercy triumphs over judgment? This is scripture. James chapter two says this, look at this. This is so good. For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy, but to the one who has shown mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. In other words, listen, here's what this is saying. That in the gap, in the gap, you expect for your parents to not divorce. They get divorced. There's a gap. You expect for your husband to never leave you, yet he leaves you. There's a gap, right? The reality is, is we're putting something in the gap. And if you put judgment in the gap, that scripture tells us this, this is a field. You're sowing seeds that one day that will be your harvest. So if you sow judgment, guess what you're going to get? One day you're going to give someone an experience that doesn't match their expectation. And this is what you've sown. But whenever you sow grace, when you sow love, when you sow mercy, when you believe the best, when you extend the grace you hope you someday never need, you're going to have a harvest of grace because mercy triumphs over judgment. This is what the scripture says. Now, here, here's, here's, I'll, I'll hurry with this, these last few thoughts. Because here's a question. Everybody has those, you know, those, the, I call them EGRs, the extra grace required people, the EGRs. Everybody has EGRs. Right? They're always creating gaps. The gap just gets bigger and bigger. So here's the question. Okay, Jason, I hear what you're saying. Be mindful of the gap. Mind the gap. Fill the gap. Fill it with grace. Fill it with love. Fill it with mercy. But at one point, at what point, Jason, if the experience continues to not match the expectation, at what point, Jason, when that employee, employee keeps showing up at work late, 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 do I just keep extending grace and bring no accountability? No, 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 no. That's not what you do. Here's what you do. You, you mind the gap. You fill the gap, but at some point, if you're going to fix your relationships and have healthy relationships, you have to close the gap. 
you have to close the gap. And how do you do it? Well, just clarifying conversations. Most, almost all emotionally immature people are afraid to have tough conversations. And the thing that they fear is actually the thing that's holding them back from having a healthy relationship. But we avoid awkward conversations at all expenses in our workplace, in church, in our small groups, in our marriage, with our children. We avoid the conversations that actually will help us move us closer to God and closer to one another. We have to close the gap and we do that with, with clear communication. Uh, let, let me read this scripture to you really fast. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. You know what hope is? Hope is a confident expectation. So, so you could actually read it like this. Expectations deferred makes someone's heart sick, but, a, but an expectation fulfilled is a tree of life. There's a lot of marriages. Their hearts are so sick right now because they've had expectations that have gone unmet and they've never had the courage to have clarifying conversations to close the gap so that they could, they, could, they could embrace and understand and realize the relationship that they always desired to have. And a lot of times our hearts get sick towards other people, resentful, because that's what happens. You have a gap long enough and you assume the worst long enough, you'll be married to a person you resent. You'll go to sleep every night with your backs to each other. Not because he snores either. It's because you don't like him. And the gap in your bed, that king size is about to turn into a like triple king size. Like you are getting, the gap is getting so large. Why? A lot of times it could just be solved with just one awkward, tough, challenging, clarifying conversa conversations. Yes, we fill the gap with grace. We fill the gap with love. But one of the best things to do is this, what if you didn't have to have that and you could just close the gap? And this is just like for backup. Making sure I believe the best, right? Not that. That's not backup. This is scratch that out. This is backup. The best thing to do in our relationships is just to close the gap. Close it with clarifying communication. Now, let, let me give this really quick. This is so good. The gap between expectation and experience is usually what murders a marriage, a friendship, and a partnership. But God calls us to have the courage to have conversations with each other that will close the gap so we can be on the same page so that we can move forward in our relationships. Now, let me give you this. Be careful of these expectations. I heard a guy say this one time. He said, uh, expectation is premeditated resentment. Think about that. Dear Lord, expectation is premeditated resentment. That's so good. Um, be careful of these, these four types of expectations. You need, some of you need to take notes. This is gonna liberate you, okay? It's gonna help you out. Be careful of these four types of expectations. Number one, unconscious expectations. These are expectations you don't even realize that you have, but it's in fact an expectation. We often don't realize that it's an expectation until we, we feel disappointed or we feel frustrating, frustrated. And then you realize that was an expectation, but it was unconscious. People cannot meet an expectation that you don't even know you have. <laughs> is this too real? <laughs> Amen. Second one right here. Not just unconscious, unrealistic expectations. You are expecting something of someone that is completely out of place or out of reach. These are unreasonable. Like this is, this is, this is oftentimes in our life that we set 
unrealistic expectations for people. I remember the, I remember the first time uh, as a pastor, this person got so mad at me because I couldn't be at all their son's games. I remember thinking like, ma'am, I'm not coming to all your son's games. That is unrealistic. She's like, well, you should be. You're his youth pastor. I'm like, you're his parent. You should be at all his games, not me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> unrealistic. But we do this. We have unrealistic expectations. Here's another one. Unspoken expectations. You are expecting something of someone that is completely, excuse me, we are conscious of the expectations. Maybe they're even realistic, but we've never spoken about them. We haven't communicated them clearly. And so the expectation that we have for that person is setting them up for failure and us up for failure. Simply because we haven't communicated. It's not their fault. If you have expectations that are unspoken, the relationship, the responsibility, the onus, it is on you, not on them. This is why, do you know that this is why healthy organizations have job descriptions? This is why. Because you can hold people accountable for their job description. But you hire somebody and you don't tell them what you want them to do. And then you just get mad at them because they're not doing what you've never told them to do. Right? That's why there's healthy organizations have job descriptions. Unspoken expectations. Here's the last one. Unagreed upon expectations. This is what this is. We have expectations of others that they uh, did not agree to. We may be conscious of them, right? They may be realistic. They may have been communicated, but they never agreed to it. And we're holding them in bondage to an expectation they've never said yes to. And really, the, the, what you're doing is you're shackling your relationship and it'll never flourish or be what it was intended to be. So for them to be valid, they have to be conscious that's, that you're aware of it, realistic, Evidence supports that that person has the capacity and the willingness. They have to be spoken. You have to have, have, to have had that conversation, and they have to be agreed upon. Here, here's practically what I want to encourage you to do. I call these hot conversations, H-O-T, honest, open, transparent. You need to have hot conversations with your, in your marriage, in your friendships. You need to have moments where you can be honest with them and say, listen, when I text you and you don't respond for two days, Oh, Lord, I'm preaching at somebody's Thursday right now, okay? When I text you and you don't respond for two or three days, here's how it makes me feel. I don't think that's your heart, but here's how it makes me feel. Could you help me understand why you do that? I mean, how awkward would that conversation be? (laughs) But how good would it be if that person says, I didn't know it makes you feel like that. That's not my heart. Will you forgive me? You know what? That awkward conversation that that got in that moment to close the gap has actually just caused that relationship to go to a, a step further. Or, or it's helped that person realize this is not the type of friend I want in my life if they can't respect me. How am I going to respect them? Does this make sense? Closing the gap with honest, open, transparent conversations. Uh, here, here's another one for you. I, I know uh, Josh and Gabby, some of our team, they just did this just recently. Um, we, we did this years ago for our marriage. Jennifer and I did this. But there's something called a marriage retreat. I think it's Jimmy Evans is a guy that does these marriage retreat things. You can download the book and you can go. And it has a series of questions, clarifying questions. And as a couple, you just go through it. How will we discipline our kids? What will we do with our aging parents? And what are you doing? You're, you're clarifying your expectations and my expectations so we can be aligned and in unity. A house divided cannot stand, the Bible says. But when you're able to have moments like that where you can, you can go to those places and have clarifying conversations, it's a game changer. So here's what I want to ask you today. Who are you currently frustrated with right now? Don't say their name out loud. <laughs> my, my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges, he, 
he, this is a couple years ago, I was so mad in this particular meeting, I was just like frustrated, just had that stank face look, you know, just, ooh. And he goes, why are you so, who are you frustrated with? He literally asked me that, who are you frustrated with? And I named a few people. <clears throat> and he was like, he was like, you know why you're frustrated with them? He was like, because you have expectations that are unmet. He goes, do they know those expectations? And he literally, he asked me that, and I was like, probably not. He goes, you need to identify every frustration and you need to identify, is this, is this warranted? Is this right? And do I need to have a conversation with, with these people about these things? And I did that, and it helped. It, it was a game changer. So let me ask you this question again. Who are you frustrated with? Is it your spouse? Is it your boss? Good luck with that conversation. Is it, your, is it your peers? Is it your coworker? Is it your partner? Who are you frustrated with right now? I believe that right now the Holy Spirit is nudging you, saying you need to be willing to have the tough conversation if you want this relationship to flourish. So who are you frustrated with right now? What are they doing that you wish, here's great. What are they currently doing that you wish they'd stop doing? What are they not doing that you wish they'd start doing? Is there a gap? You should mind it. You should fill it, but you better close it. I believe that when we make a decision to do that, God actually blesses our relationships. God's desire for our relationships is this, that we would cultivate emotional and spiritual health by making an intentional decision to stop mind reading and instead verify our assumptions by talking to people in person instead of in our heads. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.